Before beginning this week's episode, I want to wish everyone the best for 2022. May good fortune and good health smile on us all. Additionally, I would like to thank you, the audience, in 25 countries and in over 525 cities around the world. Thank you for your time and support in this effort. As I begin winding down the work of this year's fellowship, I would like to express my gratitude toward the Board of Directors for the Warren Officer Historical Foundation for selecting me as your inaugural fellow. I appreciate the opportunity to contribute to the work of the Warren Officer Historical Foundation in my own unique way. Thank you especially to Dr. John Robinson for your guidance and support during this year. And now, on with the show. Welcome to another Cohort W podcast episode, bringing you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most exciting and enterprising young Warren Officer leaders. Each episode is dedicated to exploring real-life leadership in the Warren Officer Cohort and tackling the problems faced in large-scale combat operations and multi-domain operations. And now, here's your host. Hello. In today's episode, my incredibly excellent guest shares some personal and professional experiences as a Signal Corps warrant officer. Then we will examine how those experiences contribute to meeting doctrinal requirements for the Signal Corps. All Cohort W guests were recommended by senior warrant officers in their branch. And today I am joined by Signal Corps Warrant Officer CW3, Philip Dieppa. Thanks so much for your time today, Phil. Can you share with the audience a little about yourself, please? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. My name is Phil Dieppa. I'm a Chief Warrant Officer 3, and I have been a warrant officer for going on 10 years now. I grew up in the panhandle of Florida, and my father was in the Air Force. I didn't really have a, a good understanding of what the Army really was. However, we did have an Army JROTC in the Panhandle in Crestview, Florida. And our OIC was a retired W-4. He was a Huey pilot in Vietnam. And he was one of the, the biggest mentors that I had at that point in my life. And I still am to this day eternally grateful uh, for everything that he did for me in high school. And he set me on the right track when it came to a path after high school. I didn't have anything in mind. College was sort of a distant dream. And so I decided to join the Army right out of high school. And it wasn't until about four to five years in, I made it to Staff Sergeant, that I decided that there was a higher calling for me. And, and that was the point that I decided to switch over. So I switched over in about seven years. And now I'm sitting at almost 18 years in. So it's been quite an incredible journey. Thank you. Can you tell the audience your MOS, your MOS title, and your current duty position, please? I am an information services technician, or otherwise known as 255 Alpha. Recently, there has been an updated guidance to rename us to Data Operations Warrant Officers. I am currently serving as an instructor for our Warrant Officer Basic Course, and I have served in a variety of different assignments throughout my career. I've mostly been in airborne units, uh, also participated in training with industry, where the Army sends you to a company to participate in a fellowship program to learn more about best business practices. For the audience's understanding, 255 Alpha is one of three warrant officer types in the Signal Corps. 
The 255 Alpha serves as more of the automation's role within the within the signal regiment. However, we do have our 255 Novembers, which mainly deal with our networking aspect of the of the network. And then we also have our 255 Sierra, which is our cyber uh, protection warrant officers, where they mainly focus on the protection and defense posture of our information systems and uh, of our networks. And then, of course, the sort of the culminating or the pinnacle event here is our 255 Zulus, where each of the MOS is the 255 Alpha, the November, and the Sierra all converge when they achieve the rank of CW5. Moving on, I know you are currently an instructor, but I want to focus on the practical work of the 255 Alpha in the operational world. So can you talk to me about what daily work involves for a 255 Alpha in garrison or the field and training or deployment, please? The role of the 255 Alpha is changing incredibly fast. We are still responsible for a lot of the service modernization that is continuing to trickle out throughout the Army. One of the main roles that we serve is as a server administrator and service engineer. And we're responsible for a lot of the enterprise services that you probably take for granted when you're logging into computers on the network. So we manage things like your enterprise SharePoint servers and your email servers and your file shares. And being able to log on to a computer is something that falls within the responsibility and the scope of our 255 alphas. In the field, we have the same responsibilities as we do in Garrison. We tend to take a lot of our systems forward. And one of the great things about being a 255 Alpha is that whatever we're doing in Garrison will replicate over into the field. And as a result of that, everything that we do in the Garrison environment is a training exercise in all sense of what that meaning really is. So as we take a look at what our industry partners are doing in the commercial sector, we tend to take those same practices and adopt them into the DOD's network, and then we'll implement those in garrison, and we will extend those services out into the field where we can use them while we're deployed. Perfect. Thank you. I appreciate that. And then I want to take that discussion about the practical work and spin that up and start looking at that through the lens of the warfighting function. So could you talk to me about how that work fits into uh, supporting your branch's responsibilities for the warfighting functions? What the 255 Alpha does in terms of supporting the warfighting functions is that we sit central within that warfighting function. For the most part, everything that we do enables each warfighting function to feed information to the commander, whether directly or indirectly. And so we enable that commander to conduct mission command through the sustainment, protection, movement and maneuver, intelligence, fires and command and control warfighting functions. So when we take a deeper look at what and how we support the sustainment warfighting function, wouldn't really be able to order parts if they didn't have a solid network for each of the classes of supply. Same thing with protection. We enable those protection units to communicate through radios. We are responsible for ensuring that all of those radios and all of those systems are operating correctly and they're operating in unison and together, again, enabling that commander to make good decisions. Uh, that trickles into movement and maneuver where we do the same exact thing. We connect the intelligence systems so that the intel folks can get a bigger picture.
This is where the transformation comes in for the 255 Alpha when we talk about intelligence, uh, because there has recently become a huge requirement for the 255 Alpha to focus on data, and that will affect both large-scale and multi-domain operations. Uh, so that transformation is coming. Uh, but then also with fires and just command and control, we enable those platforms for the fires teams in order to send rounds on target. Uh, they wouldn't be able to do that without the infrastructure that we provide. So when you bring all of that together and and you want to show that in one coherent picture, that's where command and control comes in. And that's what we enable our commander to do is to see those warfighting functions as a whole. And that allows him or her to conduct mission command. You did a really nice job of practically answering the next question because the listener has a very clear view of how you support each of those warfighting functions. But if you were to put all that together and spin it up to the next grand level of large-scale combat operations, how does it all fit together from you? your perspective. From my perspective, Signal operates within the cyber domain. And what that means is that we're everywhere. We are everything when it comes to an IT system and anything that has data that's running through it. And I would like to quote General Funk here. He mentioned that the scale, tempo, lethality, and complexity of large-scale multi-domain combat operations requires significant changes in how we equip, organize, and structure the force to enable the Army to prevail against peer threats and contested domains. And when we look at that, it really does hit home why this 255 Alpha was created, uh, which is to bring all of these systems together and to be able to take all of our land, air, and sea assets and merge them all together so that we can talk seamlessly throughout the battlefield. Large-scale combat operations do trickle into that multi-domain operations space. Yep. Everything that we do supports that infrastructure that's required in order to support a multi-domain operation. We, we got to start with an infrastructure and a foundation, and it, it starts with the signal core. Normally, I would ask somebody about how does he work into multi-domain operations, but I think you did an effective job of making that very clear how you cannot separate multi-domain and large-scale combat operations in your branch. But I will ask, uh, is there anything else regarding multi-domain operations the audience should know about? The Army is going through a large transformation. There was a unified Army network plan that was recently released this year uh, in 2021. And there really is a whole lot of buy-in from a lot of our senior leaders. And that's really what we're looking for right now is senior leaders to recognize the challenges that we have and that we're going to face in the immediate and in the distant future. I think we're getting the support that we finally need in order to turn some of these systems into a a more effective tool for us to enable our commanders to fight in these contested operations. I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. I'd like to turn the page here. What would you say you have learned or what would you like to share with the audience about your understanding of your work's importance as part of the Army's mission? I can tell you that having the experience uh, now, I can definitely look back and understand how big of an impact that warrant officers truly have within the Army and really the DOD as a whole. Just our expertise is worth more than bringing any other type of consultant in from the outside. We, we truly understand the Army's systems, and we also understand the DOD systems. Now that I'm reflecting on some of the stuff that I've done, what I also see is that the Army's decisions tend to boil down to typically one to two people's recommendations. And out of those people who made the recommendation, they, they were more than likely warrant officers. That's what I've noticed. 
what that means for me is that we have some very brilliant people out there who are warrant officers, and we are always looking for more candidates to come in and take over the major initiatives and major projects that we have going on within the DOD and the Army. A very nice foreshadowing of the next question. What would you say to a warrant officer who just graduated candidate school about the, the future of your branch? In addition to what else would you just give them for general guidance or recommendations for their career? I would first start by telling them to be a steward of their profession. Uh, you are a warrant officer first and foremost. When it comes to the Army, we tend to innovate the Army systems, and that is exactly what you have to be. You must be innovation. In order to continue to thrive and transform your system or your subject area, you must be innovation. You must continuously improve the product and the system that you are in. And if I were to sum up what a warrant officer is, that is how I would define a warrant officer. Wonderful. It's so great to hear warrant officers talk doctrine. Thank you so much for your time and sharing about how the work of warrant officers in your branch contributes to meeting the doctrinal requirements for the Signal Corps. Uh, wishing you a wonderful holiday, and thank you again for your time and insights about your work. Hey, Chief, the pleasure uh, was definitely mine. Thank you for having me. On behalf of the Warrant Officer Historical Foundation, thank you to today's guest for your insights on the future of warfare and the importance of the Warrant Officer to that fight. Please visit warrantofficerhistory.org to learn more about how you can help support the Foundation and programs like this. Special thanks to our theme music composer, Josh DiStefano. Visit joshdiStefano.com to hear more of his outstanding works.